This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes, sure. I'm that guy. I'm Brian Petrie. What's up with the what's up? Let's get to this motherfucking recap show. It is late on a Wednesday night. Uh, or Wednesday night. Why? Where's my fucking brain at? Monday night, excuse me. Uh, happy Easter, everyone. Easter was yesterday. We're going to do a full recap. Betting recap. We'll get into Bellator. We'll I'll address the fouls. And we'll preview PFL. And then, obviously, I have a pick for the UFC coming up this week. PFL's back Wednesday. Got my guy, Don Match, finding out some interesting character Or not characters. Some interesting names. Some good fights. I am a big fan of the PFL. There we go. Now, I do have this on video. I usually don't record my video uh, recaps. My camera that I have is acting super funky. So I'm on my built-in webcam here, and it looks very um, not good. Okay? So I might not release the whole video. I might just release clips and whatnot. If you are really jonesing for the video, I'll do it. But I want to record it. I want to put some out there. I'm getting some love on YouTube. Trying to trying to give... You know, people like watching uh, podcasts, me included. I do like watching. I like the visual. You know what I mean? Um, but listen, let's get into it here. I'm not, I'm doing this show, full disclosure, I'm addicted to caffeine, okay? Uh, and I'm doing this show sans caffeine. I got a big jug of water with me. Usually I do it. Usually I save uh, some caffeine for the show, so I'm a little boom firing but i need the caffeine today got off work and i've been uh been with the family all day told the girls to go to the toy store for easter you know i got some easter bucks and blah 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 and just you know it is what it is so no caffeine so we'll see how the no caffeine show goes um again that's my only addiction next to mma and losing bets or losing slime balls let's just say because i actually had a pretty good weekend betting uh is caffeine Strong addiction, but water's good too. I drink a lot of water. I just like having, I like having uh, a caffeine for the show to get me fired up. I'm already feeling kind of draggy right now. It's eight o'clock on a Monday, which you know is kind of late for me because I'm old as shit. Uh, let's get to the recap. Bellator first. The only two fights we really need to talk about Bellator is uh, well, Aaron Pico looked fantastic again. Uh, a guy slid in my DMs and said, "Hey, uh, Ad Edwards is a, is a, is a Addy eighty is a real dude. He's taking us on short notice. You know, he's worth a shot. Aaron, uh, Aaron Pico is a crazy, like, plus 1,200 or, or minus 1,200 favorite, whatever. Threw a couple bucks in Edwards. The guy seemed confident. Listen, Edwards tough as nails. Pico's just an absolute fucking stud. So, so good in there. Um, obviously, the biggest glaring weakness for Pico is his chin. Got to see how that chin shapes up for the rest of his career, and, and we obviously got to start itching him more towards higher competition. This fight, he was supposed to fight Jeremy Kennedy. He was a pretty good prospect, 16-3, and three, but... Kennedy came down with something. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but uh, that's why it was the late replacement. But we, we need to start getting Pico in there. I think it's time to start really kind of pushing our boundaries. I feel like they pushed him too fast, and he got knocked out a few times. Now they need to now they need to unleash him. Um, but Corey Anderson, I had a parlay. I had a lot of chips on the Corey Anderson and AJ McKee uh, pile. Corey Anderson um, was dominating the fight, right, and then had that illegal blow. Uh, the headbutt that caused a cut, they stopped the fight. Uh, I thought after, because it did three full rounds, it was almost the end of the third round. I figured they would go to the cards at that point, but in a five round fight, it has to go to, it has to enter the fourth round, and the fourth round was like seconds away, so we didn't get that cash. It was a rule or no contest. I feel bad for Corey Anderson. He dominated. He was plus money. Feel for all bad for all the cappers too. Out of my plus money, because after showing seeing the first time they fought. 
he's definitely going to be the favorite next time out. So we're, we're missing a good price tag there. But that kind of sucked. But I'm like, you know what? I still got AJ McKee. I put a nice little, I put 1.5 units on 150 bucks on this parlay. Still got McKee. You know, I'm not going to make as much money as I would if Anderson would have came through. But at least I didn't I didn't lose it, right? McKee goes out there, fights Pitbull. Kind of a lack, uh, lackluster fight. Kind of high. It was a technical fight for sure. AJ McKee came out aggressive. He was, he was talking a lot. He was moving a lot, not doing much. It was, the fight was uh, took, took place a lot in the center of the cage. Pitbull was a lot more cu- patient this time, countering, looking to counter that big right hand. A lot of dull moments, a lot of slow paces in this. Uh, and then it you know it went later into the rounds. McKee got a few takedowns, didn't do much with them. Uh, Pitbull landed some good shots, kind of wobbled McKee on, on, on one of those rounds. Very close fight. I had the fight scored McKee. Again, green color glasses, probably, but it was a very, very close fight. I disagree with 49-46. This kind of... MMA Twitter was disagreeing a lot. A lot of people scored at 49-46 for Pitbull. It was a very close fight. Not a lot happened. So on the, on those type of fight, types of fights, a lot of people see what they want to see. I thought McKee won three rounds of two. Obviously being a very close fight, I don't think it was a robbery at all. Um, 49-46, though, to me, only giving McKee one round, I think is a stretch. Because a lot of those rounds were close. Besides one, I think each of them won a clear round. And the rest of those three were, were incredibly close. So... Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, dropped 150, 1.5 units on Friday, uh, on Bellator, which I don't bet a lot of Bellator. I, I, I usually stick with the UFC. That's my main focus. That's what I do. I do, uh, PFL when something entices me like non-match, I'll drive to Indiana, I'll place a bet on them. Um, but usually it's, it's, it's the UFC. The big show. Speaking about that, AJ McKee, as far as I know, he was on a championship clause, so he wasn't under contract with you. Or excuse me, with Bellator, except for the contract clause, which required him to fight three times as a champion. After those three times, he's a free agent, right? He can give up the belt. Um, he lost. He's not the champion anymore. So, as far as I'm concerned, he is a free agent. As was what I know. Scott Coger came out and said, "I don't think he is." I don't know. I exactly don't know the details, but I that's what I thought it was. He was a free agent after the fight if he lost. So you can obviously go to the UFC. However, he's wanting a million dollars to fight. Even though I think AJ McKee's a star, I think the kid's good. Um, he's still young. He could be a huge star in the sport. Good looking, cocky, very talented fighter. Usually an exciting fighter. But you ain't getting a milli from the UFC right off the bat. You just ain't getting it. You're probably not even getting an immediate title shot off the bat. You got to come in like Chandler did, fight a really recognized vet or someone that's durable, and you got to show out. Then you're going to get that fucking strap, but uh strapped shot or whatever. But from what I saw on Saturday night, Pitbull and AJ aren't holding fucking Walkonowski's jock. They ain't getting near him, right? And and they ain't holding Max's jock either. Max fucks both those guys up as well. And Volkanovski is, you know, him and Max are one A, one B. I know a lot of people, you know, they split those fights. They're gonna fight again, whatever. Max Holloway just got married, by the way. Congratulations to Max. Uh, but yeah, those boys ain't touching Max. And that's just what it is. Uh, you know, a lot of people said, oh, you know, a lot of people are still firmly believe, you know, Bellator has some of the better fighters or whatever. Like, the only argument now that you could say is, is, and I hate to fucking admit this because he got slept a few times in the UFC, and I think he's been kind of cringy since he's went to Bellator, but Corey Anderson has a win, a dominating win over Glover Teixeira by decision on like two weeks' notice. He does have that, and he looked pretty goddamn good Saturday. So he could literally make that claim. Um, 
<clears throat> However, he did get slept by Jim Manawal, Jan Blahovic, whatever. The list goes on. But, you know, I think if Corey rematches Glover, could be a closer fight. I, I still think Corey is, is just that weird uh, style for Glover. I think Glover, you know, likes to be on top, doesn't like being on bottom. Um, and But Corey versus Yuri? You think he's fucking with Yuri Prohaska? That wild man? The dude who's got an antenna in his head? I don't know. Yuri's a fucking nut. But I hate it pains me to say that. But I think the only guy in Bellator that can really, I mean, and I know a lot of people go throughout Gegar Mousasi, who's very good as well. But again, 185, I think he loses the Izzy uh, any day of the week. That's just my opinion. I think Gegard Mousasi is very good, but he's been in the UFC. He's proved himself or fought in the UFC, had some good wins, you know, had some, you know, got knocked out by Uri Hall, got submitted by Jacare. His contract ended at the UFC. He said, you know, we can't really do anything with this guy anymore, I guess. You know, so it is what it is. But Corey Anderson had a foul. The UFC had a bunch of fouls. I've been getting hit up. Like, why did this do this? And why is this this way? And, you know, and I don't, I'm not a rules expert. I'm really not. From my knowledge, anytime a foul happens and the ref deems it unintentional and it goes past a certain threshold, they can go to the scorecards. It happened twice in the UFC with uh, illegal shots. It went to the cards. Um, but those were three-round fights. Five-round fights like the Corey Anderson, I thought, went to the cards. I was wrong. It has to go four rounds, at least reach the fourth round before they go to the cards. I thought it was two and a half, or at least at the end of the third, it was second to weigh. Uh, so I was wrong about that. But it's up to the the referee has a lot of discretion. So the referee deemed it illegal when uh, Petrion need uh, Sterling in the face. And Sterling, instead of a no contest, instead of, I don't think they could have went to the cards at that point. Maybe they could have. But they disqualified him. They said that I think I felt like that was intentional. That's disqualification. Um, that was the referee's decision. And then you look at uh, Cal Borello, who need uh, a Marazi Gazkiev, whatever the fuck his name is. Sorry. Uh, they deem that unintentional. They took a point away in that third round, deemed it unintentional. If he couldn't continue, went to the cards. So they went to the cards. That's what I see. I see the ref having the most jurisdiction in that cage, and it's up to him to decide. Was it intentional? If it was intentional, then you're disqualified, right? He can't continue, whatever. If it's past a threshold, he can't. it's unintentional, he can't continue, they go to the cards. Same situation like Dustin Poirier versus Eddie Alvarez many years ago. Dustin got poked in the eye pretty good. Eddie couldn't continue, or excuse me, Dustin couldn't continue. Um, it was a back-and-forth match, and then it was early in the fight, so they, they deemed it, obviously, um, <clears throat> unintentional when it was a draw or as a no contest, excuse me. So they had to run that one back. That's it's up to the, the ref and the ref has, and I think that's the way it should be. You know what I mean? Some refs are going to call it this way. Dan Mergliata had both instances on Saturday night. He was the one that both deemed it unintentional. The, pol the fighters were all apologetic. A lot of talk now this Monday morning is, well, he took a point away from Cal. So how the fuck is it unintentional if you took a point away? You know what I mean? And then you mix in the fact that you got all these different rule sets. I was under the impression that one hand down means you can knee on the modified rule set. To any knee down, no. But one hand, a finger, you can knee. And and uh, the Russian Omar had one hand down, and you know maybe there was a mix up. Obviously, there wasn't. The refs go over the rule set in the back. I personally think that if a guy's hands on the mat and he's playing that game, you should knee him in the face. If your knees on the ground, no knees. I know there are people who are calling for knees for the old pride days. I think risen has knees, or at least they have they have stomps and soccer kicks, or whatever. 
I mean, I'm okay if they change the rules and they have knees. I think the ground game would, would drastically change. Maybe for the better, I don't know. But I think if you're playing the game where you don't want to get taken down, so you're putting your hand on your mat, and you're like, okay, I'm in a good position. I'm putting all my weight on this side, and they can't knee me. Uh, and you're playing the game. You're playing the stall game. I think you should get, be able to get knee in the face. Now, when you go to your knees, it's a little bit different. If you're knee on the ground, whatever. And then the back of the head shot with Chris Barnett, I think, yeah, I think that might have been a little bit of a sell job. I don't know. Listen, you got illegally hit in the back of the head by a big heavyweight. What do I know? Um, I, you know, I, I felt like when he found out it was going to the cards, uh, he wanted to continue to fight. And then when he, you know, I thought, man, I don't know. I don't want to disperse many fighters, but I feel like he was, I don't know. He didn't look great. He just didn't look great. Let me just put it that way. All right. Let's get to the whole card because I'm falling asleep here without caffeine. God, I got a problem. Uh, Bilal Muhammad for Vicente Luque, your boy Cash. Let me give me my betting recap. Slime ball, shit the bet again. Um, obviously, there's no one to blame but myself. Two weeks in a row now, we went two for three. And the one deciding piece that did not make it was a women's MMA fight. I should know better. I should learn my lesson. I apologize. Torres' fight was extremely close with Dern. Some people thought she won. Estela Nunez looked great in the first round and then fell off a cliff. I need to do better. We're 6-4 and four in the year. Need to do better. I am literally in the lab boop, 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 right now preparing for this, this weekend. Lemos was on Josh trying to find the best slime ball so it's a guaranteed slam dunk winner. And I can promise you there's no women's MMA on it. I've learned my lesson. It's a fickle game. I learned my lesson. I take this one on the chin. It was stupid of me to do it. I was very uh, high on Estela Nunez, and, you know, she goes out there. It looks great. First round, I even tweeted out, and I fucking jinxed myself like an idiot. <clears throat> I said, Estela Nunez striking is good, boys. It's good. And then off a cliff she goes with a cardio. <clears throat> I mean, that's just my own fault right there. You can't fucking do that. Um, 12 and 2 on my picks, though. I missed... Estela Nunez, which was a big one, and I missed Baeza as well, who's a slime ball candidate, got knocked out in the first round by Andre Phil, uh, which was a banger of a fight. So 12 and 2 in picks, not too fucking shabby. Hit a lot of dogs on this one, right? So my slime ball blew up, which is okay. Um, and I obviously I was down uh, some units on uh on uh whatchamacallit, uh ba Bellator. So we're in the hole here. We're in the hole, but I battled back. I had Bilal. Plus 150, plus Bilal goes to the decision. Nice little, I had 1.2 units on Bilal, and I had 0.75 units for the go to decision. Then I had uh, Jordan Levitt and Cal Borello. I had them on free money roll on MGM. MGM uh, Sportsbook, they've been DM, not DM, excuse me. They've been, I signed up forever ago, didn't like the interface, and they keep emailing me promos. I finally bit and took a promo Free roll, free money, hit Cal Barello and uh, Jordan Levitt, little parlay for a unit there that was uh, that generate, generated some nice buckos. And then I hit, uh, who else did I hit? Oh, no, so then I had the uh, a prop parlay, which hit Munir Lazez versus uh, Ange Lusa to go over three and a half. It went to decision. And then I had um, Devin Clark 
versus uh, William Knight to go over. And that ba- that over barely hit. Devin Clark with a very nice finish there. And then I had uh, Bilal Muhammad to win by decision. So I had Bilal Muhammad to win by decision twice. That prop parlay paid out as well. I'm up 1.8 units after the beating I took with a slime ball in, uh, at 1.87. I know that might not seem like huge because I hit all these things, but bloodbath on Friday, slime ball didn't hit, which I put a nice little price on. So we had to battle back, and I battled back and got on the plus side. I'm not going to ever be upset with a plus fucking week. The dogs came through for me. I saw the board well this week, boys. 12 and 2 picks. You better hit that subscribe button. You better start following your boy on Twitter's MMA Takes Podcast on everything. And, uh, yeah, man, let's, uh, let's keep fucking just getting this money, okay? That's what I want to do. So, Bilal Muhammad, Vicente Luque. A lot of people had a problem with this fight. I did not. Again, I'm on the Anakin Florian, so people are going to call me homers. They're going to say I'm biased. They're going to say I'm this. This is exactly how I saw the fight going, minus Bilal's movement and body kick. His body kicks were a problem. They were very, very nicely done. He switched stances a lot, which is very nice to see. And he moved laterally. A lot of guys like to move back and forth. They don't move laterally that much. And they pin themselves against the cage with a striker like Vicente Luque. You can't do that. Bilal expended a lot of energy moving, circling around that ring, making Vicente take, uh, chase him, landing some good shots, landing big body kicks, landing takedowns right in the center of the cage. Didn't do much with the takedowns, but he still was getting takedowns and top control. And his corner gave him great advice in the fourth and fifth round. I can't remember which one it was. They're like, hey, you keep trying to pass. Take him down and ground and pat him. Don't worry about passing. And when he did that, he secured top control for a little bit more. Vincente Luque had a spot. He had a nice left hook in the uh, third round. Wobble Bilal. But this is more of Bilal's growth in the type of fighter that he is now. You know, maybe, maybe back when they fought the first time, that left hook, which obviously he got knocked out by a left hook the first time. Um, but that left hook. Maybe a couple years ago would have maybe shook him a little bit and maybe not recovered from. Maybe he would have rushed. Maybe he would have panicked. He stayed calm, stayed within himself, kept using his lateral movement. People would call Bilal boring or whatever. I get it. He's not the most um, dynamic finisher in the world. He's positioned over submission. doesn't have the biggest power in the world, but he's a fucking tricky fighter. You know who else is not a finisher? Colby Covington. Colby Covington can't finish his fucking dinner, okay? The only finish he's got over the past however many years is over Tyron Woodley, who broke his ribs. Right, a wash time Woody who Jake Paul knocked out, guys. Okay, so Kobe, people think is this exciting fighter. He's not getting people out of there. Neil's Blaw. Blaw is fighting smart, which I appreciate. He gets four stars. Vincente Luque gets a three. I thought Luque looked good cardio wise, you know, and didn't give up. Got frustrated and just couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't get it going. And uh, look, battle back and never, never strayed, never gave up, never. Was in it to the last second. It was a, people thought it was a closer fight than it was. I had Bilal 49-46. The only round I had him losing was the third round when Vincente clipped him. But showed a lot of heart. Five round fight, no cardio issues. His first five round fight. And Vincente Luque is gonna, you know, this is a loss, but this isn't gonna be no problem for him. I mean, listen, he can rattle some wins. He's got some knockout power. People want to pay f- to see him fight. Um, and uh I, I don't think this could be that big of a setback for him necessarily, because he's one of those guys that I never really see getting past the top guys with his style, but I do see him being like a fun fight. You know, a fun fighter can string together a couple wins and get a nice little following. Then that could that could also get you to a title as well. So uh, four to three. Full disclosure: no five star performances. I didn't give them out. No five stars. A lot of fours. But I, I, you know, no five-star performances out of me. Uh, by the way, on my locks, I missed my send them home. I hit my dog and my mortal two for three in the locks. 
Uh, I completely forgot to do my lock parlay. I would have lost anyway um, with Jordan Levitt not getting the submission that I thought he would. But that's something I'm going to move forward. I'm going to start playing my locks as well because if you get a clean sweep, that's going to be a <laughs> juicy number. Uh, Komei Demet Kabarajo versus Gadzi. Gadzni Amargadaziev. Uh, I'm just going to call him Gadzi. This fight, listen, Gadzi uh, gets a one. Cabrillo gets a three. Barello is a huge 185. Gatsy is not a 185 or he's a 170. Um, and Barello looked great. He's all over him. The striking looked good. He, he took the Russian down whenever he wanted. Just outmanned him, outsized him. Obviously, there was that illegal knee. Um, I, you know, I don't think he's milking or anything, but again, I think that should have been an illegal, illegal knee. Um, I think the rules had to say, if it, but obviously in the rules, it's not. So you got to follow what the rules are. But in my opinion, it should have been legal. Um, and it just happened not to be, um, but I thought Cal looked good. He only gets a three because of the legal knee. You got to know when positioning you're dominating the fight. You could have maybe finished if you didn't throw that. You could have got fucking uh, this thrown out as well. It could have been a no contest. Could have been a DQ. A lot of things could have happened, but uh, he ends up getting a technical decision. I thought he looked pretty good in the fight. He gets a three, and uh, Gadsden gets a one. Not overly impressed with him. I thought his record was inflated. A lot of people liked him at that number. Thought he was low. Listen, people are falling in love with rushing betting. Let's bet the Russian, but this guy undersized. Not not a Dagestani guy. Not. I mean, I know he's got some sambo, but he's not one of these fucking Islams. Islams don't grow on trees, baby. Khabib's don't grow on trees. So uh, yeah, just it was it was a good read by me that Barello was, and, and a lot of people, not just me, excuse me, a lot of people had Barello as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, him being a dog was silly, just considering the size and Barello training out of uh, <clears throat> training out of Vegas for a lot of this camp was was really smart too. Andre Field versus Miguel Baeza. Field knocked him out in the first round. Field took some shots. This dude's got a chin. Baeza just does not have a chin. Unfortunately, this is probably gonna be his last fight in the UFC. Looks like he might get cut after this point. Three in a low, back-to-back, uh, three in a row, excuse me, back-to-back knockout losses. He looked good. He was dominating pretty well, and then he just got caught in the clinch, played around the clinch a little too much, didn't pick his head up, wasn't responsible for his head, and then Frejo is a fucking stud. He is a brick house. He's not going to go away, and uh, he came after Miguel Baeza, although there is a guy who I know personally who saved my life that did put Frejo away. His name's Chris Curtis, and he offered to fight Frejo. Frejo said, he wants to fight in May. Chris is like, "Hey, I'm booked in June, but I'll go be field up in May, and then I'll take the I'll take the fight in June." So, uh, I don't think Chris needs to do that. But if Phil wants to get another one that one of those whippings, uh, go take that fight, Phil. But good performance. He gets a three, but he gets a two. I was giving him a one, but I feel like the guys look good to lose his job, so I gave him a two. Being a little nice, uh, Maria Bruno Silva versus Yanan Wu. Uh, you know, competitive, fun fight. Both girls threw down. Silva should not have been this big of a favorite. I, I stayed away from this fight. Silva did what she always do. She comes in. She's a shoot-the-box fighter. She fucking comes after it. Rocked Wu a bunch of times. Wu proved to be durable as all get out. Battled back. Made this fight very competitive and close. I obviously had no problem with the decision. I had uh, Silva winning. She gets a three. Wu gets a two. Very competitive fight. I did bitch why was this fight so high up on the fight card. I was wrong. It was a very entertaining fight. It was very, very entertaining from the beginning. Both these females threw down. Pass Sabatini versus TJ Laramie. Sabatini all over him. Three stars. Laramie gets a one. This is my mortal lock. He was my anchor of my slime ball. Sabatini's good, man. He's a tricky style for 145. Laramie, people love him. Canadians love him. He apparently was a big prospect coming out of Canada. One of the contender series has not won the UFC since. I don't think he's won the UFC, has he? 
has this son of a bitch won yet in UFC? No, right? So Minner came out of the contender series, won by Dr. Stoppage, uh, rib injury to Daniel Swan, Swain, and then Derek Minner choked him out and then uh, lost to Pat Sabatini. But Pat Sabatini, listen, I was hoping for a little bit more aggressive when it comes to the finish because he kind of did the same thing to Tucker Lutz. Laramie showed out, showed pretty good, was wrestling with Pat. A lot of good wrestling exchanges. Laramie's just not a 145-pound fighter. He's very small in there. He sized up. I think that was a little bit of issue because that third round, he's a little drained, and Pat Sabatini's just not going anywhere. Kid's tough. Very awkward style. I don't see a lot of people sign up to fight this kid at 145 he's got good leg locks good top control cardio's on point his stand-up's obviously his weakest point but um he's such a unique tricky fighter that even if you got great stand-up you're gonna go in there with him you're gonna have a problem with him sabatini's a guy at 45 gotta keep a lookout for because he's philly tough goes to the wall wall and uh is a guy that is is flying under i don't know i'm not even say that he's not even flying on the radar but he's gonna fight a top 145er within his next two fights, right? And he's going to show out, and he's going to show how difficult he is. I mean, he's not the biggest name in the world. He had great card placement. Um, I, I would like to get a big name for him next. All right, Manula, Mani, or, and he got, yeah, I, I told you the stars. Yeah, I told you the stars. Munir Lezez versus Angelusa, and uh, Angelusa gets a three, and Lenez gets a four. Entertaining fight. Lusa taking this fight short notice, showed up, didn't really grapple as much as I thought he was going to, stood up with Lenez. Lenez showed out. Didn't look like he wanted to finish this fight. I mean, Lusa's got a chin on him, but it looked like he wanted to get some rounds in because he faded, and he said the pressure got to him against the Alves fight. He's a huge favorite in that fight. Burned me. Came out against a dangerous opponent on short notice who just won a competitive, not a competitive, but won a fight with John Howard where he just took the vet down. So wrestling was probably going to be on the tip of his mind, but I don't know if you can do that two weeks in a row. I think Lusa knew he couldn't really come in with a grappling-heavy game plan, uh, so he stood up and struck. He hit Lenez with with some really good shots, but Lenez just being longer, crisper, cleaner, faster. You know, Lusa was just a step behind. Competitive fight, good for Lenez. I thought he looked good there. Got a good number on him. I hope he doesn't balloon up um, like he did last time because he could... He can be an interesting uh, pick for future fights. Obviously, it's all about matchups. Got Devin Clark versus William Knight, the big boys. William Knight weighed in at 251. I, I actually forgot on my betting recap. I did have Devin Clark straight as well. Not a ton of money on it. He was a favorite, but I did have him straight as, you know, I was very confident. And then I obviously hit the over and the prop. But um, I forgot to, I, to mention I hit a little, little cash on him. But uh, Devin Clark, listen, William Knight, 251, just did not look good. 5'9", 251, misweight at 218. It's, his team's like, we got to get him with a nutritionist or whatever. He's a big, muscly guy, but he, he shouldn't be 251 pounds, man. He just shouldn't. He just did not look great physically. Didn't really slow down or gas. The, the fight was pretty competitive going into the third. Devin Clark had the wrestling advantage, the more athletic, uh, more athletic advantage. He got cut in there with William Knight. But when he took William Knight down, he obviously had the advantage. William Knight's just not good off his back. And then that third round, about a minute something to go, I had just cashed my over on that. And is in the clinch, and Devin Clark breaks out of the clinch and just starts throwing heat. Landed a big shot, rock William Knight, and then finished great with elbows and hooks on the ground. William Knight gets a four-star, uh, excuse me, what? No, William Knight gets a zero. Devin Clark gets a four-star. William Knight's just, you know, listen, you got to trim that up. You're a 205-pounder. Ideally, I know you're a big, thick boy. You're thick willy. Ideally, I'd love to see him at 85. Trim some of that muscle down and get to 85. You still will be lean and mean and bricked up at 85, but 
you know, heavyweight's not for you, brother. It's just not. Panic is odd versus Lena Landsberg. These Swedish fighters, these women here, man, they fucking went after it. They got after it. Uh, Lena gets a two and Panic gets a two. I think this both this fight was very, very competitive all the way around. Lena, uh, uh, both kind of legends. Panny had the whole teeth missing after the after the fight, showing her teeth out. Lena Landsberg's a, obviously a legend. Both went after it. Bloody fight. Had Panny winning. Both women get a, what did I say? Three stars each, right? I don't even know where I'm at in my paper. Two. Two stars each. Hmm. Not as, not as nice as I was on Saturday night, huh? Jakar Close versus Brandon Jenkins. Now, listen. I've talked shit about Jakar Close for getting pushed and getting hurt on the push. I picked him in this fight. I did not bet this fight. I did think he win by TKL because Close does hit hard. And it really depending on what he showed up. He missed weight. He did not look good on the scales. He looked a little unsure of himself. I think he's battling with some confidence issues after the whole push and hurting himself, whatever. Um, and then Brandon Jenkins is, is kind of a wild man. He's killer be killed in there. I just really thought close matched up well with him. I didn't want to touch this fight and or any kind of prop because of the weigh-in. The weigh-in scared me off, but close looked really good, looked dominant. Had Jenkins hurt in the first round, had him hurt in the second round. Obviously finished him, but Jenkins hung in tough. Took a lot of shots in there. Don't know if this guy's UFC quality, but Jagar Close needs to stay a little more active now after the injury and, and kind of get his name out there. He's fought the who's who, or not the who's who. He's fought some really good competition at 155. I'd like to see him fight more. Um, you know, he's 12 and 2, got a good record. His son's adorable. You know, I'm a dad, so that fucking got me when his son came in and. His son's all shy. Like, oh, there's a million people screaming his dad's name, and his dad just got in a fist fight. But that's pretty dope that his son came in there. Uh, you know, I'm again, I'm a fucking sucker for that cute kid, too. All right, Javi Garcia versus Jesse Ronson. So glad this happened. A lot of... I love my brothers up north. I do, and I'm so glad that they are... Um, they are biased towards a guy like Jesse Ronson because they made him the favorite for this fight. I should have put uh, a lot of money on Javi Garcia. I did not put any money on him, so this is this is 100% on me. This was a miss on my part. I could have had him at plus money. I thought Garcia was just the better fighter here. I think Runson, uh, yeah, Runson, excuse me. Uh, I think he, he, he's got UFC jitters permanently. Can't get it together unless the Dolby fight, which, you know, apparently he's on steroids for allegedly. Well, not allegedly. He got busted, but apparently it was some kind of diet. I don't know. Whatever. But a lot of the Canadians that 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 pick fights and Canadians are the best. I think they're some of the best fans of the world. Very knowledgeable. They really like Ronson here. They steamed him a little bit. They liked this guy. They thought he had the better record. They thought he fought the better people. They thought he was going to better stand up. And I just thought Hoffy Garcia, I just I didn't think he was gonna finish him. I just thought he was kind of better everywhere. Garcia has got a cement head, can't hurt him. He and the only issue was his cardio, right? And I've been burned by Garcia. I'm not like this super high high guy in Garcia, but his only issue has been his cardio. But he's a fucking tank in there, right? He marches forward, he throws big shots, and Runson is hittable. And uh, you know, Runson apparently was working on his takedown offense in the submission. Well, he got taken down like ten times. It felt like I don't know what the exact number was. And he got submitted. So what are you working on? You know, I just think Runson is just a permanent UFC jitters type of fighter. Where every time he fights, no matter the matchup, you kind of gotta maybe fade him because he might fall apart in there. I think he's you know skilled somewhat. I think his stand ups okay how old is he? he's 36 years old so he's not getting any better he's on the decline he's 21 11 i mean sorry canada but you know let's back someone else this isn't the guy martin boudet versus chris barnett we talked about since the illegal shots chris barnett just i mean the guy's trash he shouldn't be in the oc i'm sorry he gets a zero star jesse ronson got a zero as well garcia got a three and booty got two booty just you know i know it's like bud a or whatever i'm gonna keep saying booty um listen he he neither of these fighters look great in there 
Barnett, you know, unless he gets like a freak show matchup, it's just not going to be entertaining. He, he has limitations. You take him to the ground, it's pretty much over. You pin him against the cage, it's over. Uh, even when Buddy was in space, you know, uh, Barnett was winging shots. He didn't look like this elite striker that, you know, people maybe claim for him to be, you know, his knockout puncher. He's just not that. He's he, he's athletic for his build, and he's 5'9", 35-year-old heavyweight. That's just who he is. Uh, the illegal shot didn't seem all that big to me. Obviously, you know, it was the back of the head, so it was a big deal. Uh, I'm not going to say that I thought Barnett <clears throat> was looking for a way out because I've been wrong before. I had no idea what was going on through his head. I just didn't think the shot was that big of a deal. Booty was dominating anyway, buddy, whatever you want to say. Uh, and all I can say is I'm looking to fade him on the next time out because I really think this guy is very, very beatable with an actual real heavyweight uh, in there, uh, not Chris Barnett, who is, <clears throat> you know, needs to be fighting in Japan. I'm being mean. Let's go. Uh, Trey Ogden versus Jordan Levitt. Fight was very competitive. I gave each guy two. I had no, ways, no idea which way this was going to go. People thought Ogden won. I had Levitt on the ticket, so I'm going to give it to Levitt. He twerked afterwards, which I do not love. Listen, do you, young fella. Do you. But I, you know, I don't want to see a grown man twerk, no matter who it is. But, you know, you win a fight, close fight like this, go ahead and do your thing, man. I'm more, I tweeted this out, I'm more of a Ben Rothwell dance kind of guy. So, it is what it is. Sam Hughes versus Estella Nunes. Oof. Can we skip this fight? I gave, I gave Nunes a one, I gave Sam a four. Everyone was fading Sam. No one liked Sam Page, including myself. And she went out there, had a rough first round. Looked like her nose was already broken before she even stepped in the cage. And she goes out there and has a rough first round of an elite striker, uh, or at least she looked like an elite striker. And then just battled her way back and then got, obviously, the point taken away in the third round with the eye poke. Uh, Nunes got warned several times. That didn't really make a difference on the fight anyway. It was just a, major, a majority decision instead of maybe a split. I think one judge maybe gave the second round to Nunes, if, if my math is correct. But, uh, you know, Sam Hughes battled back. She was outgunned in that first round, and she doesn't have a win in the UFC, and a lot of girls could have folded it and been like, you know what, fuck it, pack it up. But she did not. I think training at, with Safe Saud in, in Dallas made a big difference because that mental game was on top. You know, rough first round, let me battle back here. And she did, got some takedowns and and looked good and, and was landing strikes on the feet. And Nunez, again, her cardio fell off a cliff. And uh, this one hurts. I wish, this is a definitely a take me, take back, take back one. But uh, yeah. Um, can't do that. Not gambling. Haile Antong versus Kevin Kroom. Haile Antong knocked him out for one minute. Antong gets a four. Kroom gets a zero. That's the fight recap. I mean, what else do you need to say on that first fight there? Kroom got fucking knocked out. Haile Antong, very underrated fighter, very underrated power. Mongolian, or not, is he the Mongolian murderer? I don't think he is. The Mongolian knight. Okay, the Mongolian night. All right, so let's get to the uh, PFL recap before we get on out of here. Keep this short and sweet. Not recap, excuse me. Pick them. Um, there's a lot of fights this weekend. One, uh, you got PFL on Wednesday. You got Bellator. You got the UFC. Good to be an MMA fan. <clears throat> so Bellator, so PFL is back. You know they they they've had their championship series or challenger series, excuse me, trying to find the next star. That's cool. This is like the full-fledged card. They're showing off the talent here. You got Simon Powell or Sim, Sim, Simeon Powell versus Clinton Williams at heavyweight. I do not know either of these guys. Clinton Williams is American. He's 9-5. Bumba. Gainesville, Florida, fighting at Dallas, Texas at a 4-7 May. 
Nine and five is not that most impressive record. Looks like he's a looks like he's a banger. Likes to stand on the feet because every time the fight gets to the ground, Andrew Sanchez uh, ground and pounding him. That's a wrestler. Jake Hume split decision. That's a wrestler. Rex Harris, don't know who that is. Julius Holmes, arm triangle choke. Looks like he's got a problem on the ground just based off his record. He is fighting Simeon Powell. This gentleman is from England, twenty three years old, six five light heavyweight, Titan fighter, fighting out of England. All his fights are by knockout. Load up on Simeon Powell just by the records. Do not know either of these guys very well. First fight tonight, 205 pounds. But Simeon Powell, 6'5", light heavyweight, striker. Nah, I'm going to keep an eye on him. Rob Wilkinson. Izzy made his debut against Rob Wilkinson in the UFC. He went 0-2 in the UFC and then got cut. Uh, and then he went to kickboxing. Looks like he's had some kickboxing fights. The, the Izzy fight was back in 2018. He didn't do, he did an MMA fight against Dylan Andrews in 2019, a guillotine choke, and then Daniel Almeida in 2021. So he took some time off. Looks like he's been doing some boxing and some kickboxing. Um, and I actually got a DM today asking about this guy. He wanted to add a parlay of, of, of Rob Wilkerson, who, from what I remember, is very kind of an awkward fighter. He's tough to fight. You know, he likes to kind of smother you. His striking's okay. His grappling's, everything's just okay. But it can overwhelm you and kind of throw you off. He's fighting Bruce Soto, who I don't know. Haven't had a chance to really uh, cap this guy yet. He's only got three losses way back in 2015. He's on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine fight win streak since 2015. Has not lost. A lot of his wins look like they come from rear naked choke, decisions. He did get a knockout on his PFL Challenger Series, which I did see the highlight of the Travis Davis fight, but Travis Davis is very average. Uh, you know, I'm going to lean Rob Wilkinson. Listen, the guy that DM me threw him in a parlay. I'm going to give that, you know, I'm going to be all positive towards that gentleman that DM me because why the fuck not? I don't have a dog in the fight. Amari Akhmedov versus Victor Pesta versus two UFC burnouts fighting here. Uh, Amari Akhmedov is just, he's just a tough style matchup. This is at 205. You know, I don't know if he should be at 205. Didn't he fight at 170 at one point? Um, yeah, he fought at 170 and then he went to 85. Now he's at 205. He's not, you know, he's 34 years old. He's six foot. Good to be undersized, but he's got that good grass wrestling. Hopefully he doesn't phase out here. Give me our men off. Martin Hamlet, uh, who's coming back here. What was that flag? Norway. I love that Norway flag. Lost to Carlos Jr. Uh, yeah, for the, I believe for the, for the, the championship, the million bucks. He's getting a prelim fight here versus the Tidors Akuzalas. Oh God, am I pronouncing? I'm pronouncing that so bad. Todoros is is how you have to pronounce it. He is from Lithuania. His college is Lithuania Sports University. I want to go to a sports university. His top out topology pitch is great. Haircut horrible. Brown belt in a gi. Can't imagine that it's judo. Okay, but I said that's not a fucking jujitsu gi because it's short sleeve. Uh, don't really know much about this guy. 30 years old, light heavyweight. His record's all over the place. He's last competed in 2018. He got knee barred by Marcin Held, who's very good on the ground, but Marcin Held was also like 155 pounds. So that's not great. Fought a lot of times on re, uh, a lot of times on re, uh, risen, excuse me. I'll say reasons back in 2015. Mo, Mo uh, King Mo got him decision, decision. Uh, he's only been finished one time by, uh, oh, twice. Way back when in 2011, got to say. So I don't know this guy. I guess Martin Hamlet, this is maybe like a layup for him. He's a ground guy. Looks like this guy's a judo guy. Got to get a different haircut, buddy. Stevie Ray versus Alex Martinez. Stevie Ray, uh, Scottish. He's uh, uh, 
Exciting fighter. Didn't he retire for a little bit and come back? Am I, am I missing something here? I thought he retired a little bit. Was in the UFC, left UFC on a win over Michael Johnson. I thought maybe he retired. I can be completely wrong. Maybe thinking about someone else. Finally, our Alex Martinez, who, again, I don't know all that well. Coming out of, uh, where is he? Fighting out of Grand Prairie, Alberta. His flag, oh, Paraguay. His flag is a Paraguay flag. Okay. Uh, yeah, this guy's lost twice in the UFC. Nathan Schulte by split decision and Luik Razadab by decision. So this guy is is pretty solid here. Steve Ray's got his hands full. Amela eh. uh, Sorty versus Corey Hendricks here. Sorty is a kind of a guy that PFL is really pushing. Lost to Antonio Carlos Jr. Shoe face. Corey Hendricks, the guy who's kind of been up and down in, in his career here. Give me Sorty in that fight. Nathan Schulte versus Albert Mercier, 21-4. Schulte deals with, uh, has a hard time dealing with really heavy grapplers, and that's what OAM is. But OAM is getting older. I think Schulte knows that, so give me Schulte there. Carlos Jr. versus Delamonte. Shoe face, a guy I've never been overly impressed with. He's one of the ultimate fighters, you know, Lost three decisions in the UFC. He's gone to PFL and he's looked great. I, you know, I don't know what my problem is with this guy. He is a very solid fighter. I, I, I don't know what I am. Dylan Monty has a sick fucking, fucking profile picture with the tat on his hands. Looks like there's like brass knuckles or maybe some kind of writing. He's got some like kind of like cool old tribal there. Twenty years old, light heavyweight, six foot, out of Brazil. Guy likes to knock your fucking head off, even though he's got some good wins by armbar. Interesting fight there. I think I'm going to go Carlos Jr. Again, no lines for this, but I do have a line for the next one. Rash Manflow versus Don Madge. I'm all in on my boy Don Madge here. Made a great UFC debut against Nathan Williams. Knocked him out. He went two in the UFC, got cut for uh, for basically just these issues. And Rash Manflow has looked pretty good in the PFL so far. He has a win over Lozik Ragsanak, which is a tough win. Clay Collard, which is a tough win. Anthony Pettis, solid dude. Uh, John Lutterbach. Uh, did this dude win the PFL? Fucking, did, did he win the fucking tournament? Is this the is this the 155 pound champion? Am I just am I just not knowing that? Uh, and the main event is Clay Collard versus Jeremy Stevens. Is this Oh man. Uh, this is on air. Who won 155 pound tournament? Alright, I can't spell. Oh, come on, Google, fix it for me, babe. Yeah, wins 20 lightweight world title. Okay, so Don Madge is going against the current defending champion at, at uh 155 pounds. And I'm getting I'm seeing a price of him at plus 115. That should be way higher. Get Donnie Madge up to plus 150, 160. Let me make some bucks. All right, that's the show. If it was good, great. If you liked it, cool. I feel like I need to do with some caffeine. That's my drug of choice. Uh, anyway, I got shirts on sale. Go to my Twitter. Go to my Instagram. Buy a shirt if you want. Guys have showed up. Girls too, maybe. Have showed up, showed out, and bought a lot of shirts. I really appreciate that. Uh, want a shirt? Go to those places. Link will be in the description as well of this YouTube video if I put it out. If not, then just go to Twitter and MMA Takes uh, on IG. And uh, follow me in those places. Like, subscribe, blah, 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 whatever they say. I'll see ya. Woo! Hey, fellas, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! It's
escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.